0: The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now, only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaign of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code B-O-B-C at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin.
0: A pigman! A pigman! A pig! A pigman! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I mean, I'm Dirk Diggler. Brock Landers is a character that I'm playing. He's a law enforcement type of guy who is hired by people to stop these bad individuals. You know, I mean, how do you stop bad individuals by saying, please, you know, stop drug smuggling and, you know, extorting and jewelry sales and stuff like that. Criminals are violent. I'm dealing with murderers, you know, and myself and Chest are uh, every day putting our lives on the line to fight for justice,
1: you know, and I think it's important. I'll tell you what, if I was looking for a best friend in life, I would want Chess Rockwell. You know what I mean? Because he, that guy, he'll take a bullet, he'll take a nunchuck, stand in the way of a karate blow, karate. Dark would kill me for that. Um, can, we can cut, change that. He, uh, uh, he'd stand in the way of a karate blow. Um, basically, he backs up Brock in any situation, and he's a master of the nunchuck. And I can't actually do this yet. I've been, I've been working with the sensei. You can block a bullet with a nunchuck. Bob Seska.
0: We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show.
1: Our nation's capital. It is Tuesday, March 27, 2018. This is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Hi, how are you? Hello, Bob. Hi. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It is the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get the best lawyer in the world over at thebowenlawgroup.com and uh, and hire him now if you need legal advice, too. you can get all that there. All right, uh, lots to talk about today. Way too many things to get to. God, we've got porn stars, we've got assholes, we've got (laughs) wannabe Goomba mafiosos, we've got Russians...
0: And we've also got uh, TV's Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. <laughs> Hi. Well, that's that's quite an uh, interesting company you've placed me in. <laughs> Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Listen, before we begin, uh, the first thing I and everybody wants to know is yeah. uh, uh, Seska. Uh, sounds like a, uh, an ethnic name. Yeah. So we're going to... <laughs> the first census question for you is, are you a U.S. citizen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. And the answer to that would be, uh, during the current administration, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you temporarily I, bowed out. Yes, I'm renouncing my citizenship until uh, until Trump is impeached or resigns or something horrible happens. Way too many cheeseburgers, something
0: like that uh, happens. You <laughs>
1: Wrong. Know. Or, uh, dare to dream, right?
0: Yeah, uh, and we do have plenty to talk about, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it is Trump crisis day 427, 223 days until the uh, 2018 midterms. And uh, by the way, you know, before we uh, get into all of the fun political crap, uh, uh-huh. if you haven't yet, get your lazy ass over to Patreon and listen to Friday's After Party with Kimberly Johnson and our favorite comic in the world, Jen Kirkman. The, uh-huh. the first 10 minutes alone are getting rave reviews, just the first 10 minutes alone. And we, we believe me, I think we did the longest After Party ever between the three of us.
0: Oh, that sounds great.
1: And uh, if you're looking for any more discussion over the hiring of John Bolton, we covered that on, on Friday, which was basically just panic prepare for war right right we're just basing that on the uh the reactions of really and I'm serious when I say this really really serious foreign policy experts and people mm-hmm. who have been in government for a long time john dean our old friend uh, gordon liddy used to be a really big fan of <laughs>
0: right
1: <laughs> and uh John Dean was saying, we are all going to die. That was John Dean's reaction to the hiring of, of John Bolton. But you know what? There is a video going around. It's a I don't know if it's a, a GIF or just a looped video. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's freaking me out. And I don't know why. I sh- I should be laughing my ass off on this because it's, but it's so weird. It's almost like some sort of bizarre nightmare dream you've had by eating too much pizza before you go to bed or something like that. <laughs> and it and it looks like it's on the set of Fox and Friends. And it's John Bolton. I mean, the John uh-huh. Bolton mustache, you know, the evil Mr. McFeely guy. You know, he's, he's on one of those he- spinner things. Like, it's almost like a Lazy Susan that you stand on and you do, like, twist mo- moves on them. It's like an old, like a 1970s fitness device. And Steve Ducey is standing behind John Bolton. And he's Ducey is, just like, spinning John Bolton on this... Uh-huh lazy susan and it's the most <laughs> fucked up thing i've ever seen this is gonna haunt me in my dreams. steve doocy spinning john bolton around on one of those old those uh let's do the twist uh, spinning things i don't know what the hell oh, they're called.
0: right yeah was it wasn't kind of exercise thing you stand yeah. on and twist is yeah. that yeah i think i i think i remember that i don't know if, that wasn't a Suzanne summers thing but i don't know uh yeah for those yeah for those who remember her uh john bolton has sometimes been described as phyllis schlafly with a mustache <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's about right. That's about yeah, exactly right. Phyllis Schlepply right. with a mustache. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, but uh, hey, the sight of either one of those men, Steve Ducey or uh, Bolton, uh, uh, make me shudder. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just a terrible, terrible choice. And and Trump has done two things in the last three days, the last four or three, four days, that have actually pissed off many of his strongest supporters, like Ann Coulter. Not only did he did he sign that omnibus spending bill. Mm -hmm. despite raving out about it right before signing it, like, God is the worst thing in the world, but I'm going to sign it anyway. Uh, It was, there was that. And the fact that there wasn't anything, there was no funding in there for the wall. And, and Coulter was freaking out about that. But then he goes and hires John Bolton, and every single uh, uh, isolationist among the Trumpers, because that's one of those main things, America first, right? Right, right. Uh, uh, now, they're, those, the, that grinding sound, that metallic grinding sound that you hear outside your window right now, that's all the Trumpers trying to recalibrate their tiny uh, walnut-sized brains around the idea of a liberal interventionist, a guy who's going to go and invade every place. And they just don't, uh, they just don't understand. It doesn't compute within their cult of personality. They love Trump, but they're wondering, no, wait, wait a second here. Who is this? Who is this guy? Looks like Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers, but he's much more evil than Mr. McFeely. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, much more uh, than that. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch uh, as the Trumpers try to... uh, to grasp uh, this idea of John Bolton and the, well, the coming well, if week. they
0: if they see it as couched in Trump's America First plan, I think they're likely to support him. I uh, John Bolton doesn't have a lot of trouble getting support from conservatives. Yeah, uh, I, I think actually, except for a few smart people uh, that you cited at the beginning of this conversation, uh, most conservatives support John Bolton and. Yeah, because of the same people who go, yeah, America first are are the same people who say, yeah, let's bomb them. So (laughs) you know that personality type matches up pretty well. uh, So I think he'll continue to have support from conservatives. Yeah, just a terrifying, terrifying character.
1: He is insane, and most smart people, most people who are experts in foreign policy, believe that John Bolton is in fact insane. And one of the things that we covered on Friday's show is that John Bolton has already stymied one peace effort in North Korea that took place during, well it was originally uh, started during the Clinton administration and then when Bush, mm-hmm. George W. Bush came along he appointed John Bolton to undersecretary of yada 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 some some undersecretary position at, at State Department right. and and John Bolton proceeded to tear apart all the progress that Bill Clinton had made toward uh, suspending the nuclear program under Kim Jong Il, Kim Jong Un's father mm-hmm. and there was an agreement, a tentative agreement agreement in place to do that and and what happened was john bolton through his actions through his advice to george w bush and so forth ended up reversing all of that and kim jong-il decided to restart the uh, the development of nuclear weapons on the korean peninsula so good job john bolton even before i mean just we're talking about 15 uh 18 years later and john bolton's uh uh, reputation precedes him so and i think well, a, a lot of people didn't w- don't remember john bolton during the bush years and are just do. now see yeah. <laughs> yes <so do> I.
0: <laughs> especially especially his comments about the united nations <laughs> and then being appointed as ambassador to the united nations that's but right it, that's that's what i remember most about john bolton i i here's what the defenders of john bolton and trump's decision are saying they're saying that well, while uh, the rest of us are are fearing war uh, because that's what uh, both Bolton and uh, uh, the new uh, Secretary of State uh, Pompeo are are both hawkish. Mm-hmm. they're both in favor of of these sorts of policies yeah. and uh, a lot of us fear them uh, and uh, because of the increased chance of war, uh, their supporters on the other hand, are saying, no, no, they're not really going to have a war. But Trump hiring them sends a message to North Korea that they'd better watch themselves and come around or we'll turn these crazy guys loose on you. And and, yeah. and the thinking is that uh, that might work. Uh, it's a gamble. It's a big, scary gamble. Uh, they could be right. They could be wrong. Uh, most of us think they're wrong. As you said, seasoned professionals, people who have done these jobs before, say this is a very, very bad idea.
1: Yeah, and you know what? It's really underscoring Trump's whole concept of let's use chaos to make right. changes, not just right. within the executive branch of the United States government, but around the world. Let, let's, let's coerce other nations to do what we want them to do by just acting like we're fucked in the head. Let's go after China, of all places. Let's attack China and and apply all these tariffs to their goods and then expect them to uh, come to a bargaining table and come to some agreement with the United States as if that is ever going to work out and not exacerbate tensions, which that's absolutely what it's going to do. Donald Trump is basically... I mean, don't you think? I mean, don't you think he's trying to reinvent the wheel and and to reinvent yes. systems and processes that are in place as far as foreign policy and domestic policy go? Things, best practices is another way to put it. That Donald right. Trump is completely ignoring and then wondering why why doesn't anyone do what I want them to do? Why isn't anything working? And then well, it's because you're trying to reinvent the goddamn wheel
0: and yeah. uh, and ignoring what works. He's hoping ignoring conventional wisdom uh, that he can prove it wrong uh, that he thinks <laughs> okay. and. Uh, again, you know, uh, it, 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 the similarity here with the uh, threat to North Korea that we find in John Bolton and Mike Pompeo, uh, there is a similar threat involved here uh, mm-hmm. it, it, economically. Uh, the, the hope is that, and I think what what Trump's hope is, that is, is that by applying the, this sort of pressure on China and even allies like South Korea, he can get better trade deals. And I have a fear that it might work. Yeah. Uh, South Korea, for example, uh, he threatened to cut off military support to uh, South Korea if they didn't renegotiate their trade deals with, with the U.S. Well, guess what? Uh, South Korea would like to talk about importing more American cars all of a sudden. interesting. So I'm frightened that, you know, to a degree, that this might work because... This president has committed such larger crimes, and I worry about uh, those crimes being obscured by any success he may have with either North Korea or with the trade tariffs. Uh, China has also come back. Uh, China responded firmly Mm -hmm. uh, and harshly. They responded with $3 billion in tariffs to Trump's $60 million in tariffs. Uh, but they also. I see. I think China's playing it very smart here. Yeah. they're they're offering a carrot and threatening a stick at the same time. <laughs> yeah, well they're, put. They're they're they they're, they're, they're holding these tariffs over us, but at the same time they're saying, "But I tell you what, if if we import American, if we allow the import of American semiconductors, as we're considering doing, we can call this whole thing off." Oh,
1: interesting. So, yeah,
0: there's a, there's a tremendous possibility i guess that trump's tactics could succeed here uh, and maybe uh, by hiring these crazy guys to threaten north korea with uh, what if that works i mean i don't think it will i don't want it to uh, but then you look at uh, surveys popularity surveys of president trump uh, his numbers his approval numbers starting to come up partly because of that tax cut that people are seeing even if they're seeing just you know 10 dollars here or 15 dollars there They are appreciative of it, and uh, there's a good deal of optimism out there that more and more is being attributed not to Obama but to Trump. So uh, while while we're pursuing him for (laughs) high crimes and misdemeanors, he may be scoring some runs here, and I know nothing about baseball. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, and, and you look at his poll numbers right now, which are, mm-hmm. are terrifying, but they're bearing out exactly what you said. I mean, the right now, the split, the split is the lowest I've ever seen it in, mm-hmm. in recent memory. Now, right yeah. now, according to the RCP average, it is the spread right now. Donald Trump's approve disapprove is minus ten point two percent. We've seen it at eleven and I was kind of panicky at eleven uh 12 was uh not quite as good but i was still why is it 12 why why are any numbers i don't see you know what the only number i see here that's lower than 40 is that gallup has them at 39 percent approval everything else is uh fox news 45 rasmussen 46 and of course those two are heavily slanted toward conservatives uh nevertheless maris got them at 42 economist YouGov at 41 Quinnipiac at 40 reuters at 44 this is inconceivable to me there's no reason why why? He should yeah. be this doing this well in the polls. And Here's uh,
0: how I console myself. Uh, okay. I'm a firm believer in the science of polling. Yeah. A lot of people, I, I've always done news stories or incorporated into news stories, uh, polling figures. Yeah. And uh, polling is, in fact, a science. Mm. And it's a very precise uh, science. It's a very demanding science. And when you have a dozen polls or more that are all considered reliable, that you can compare to one another, you can get a pretty clear picture of where America stands. The trick in polling, especially with Trump, is I'm not sure it's like trying to capture lightning in a jar. I'm not sure. It it depends on the the week, the day, the hour, the moment that someone has asked that question. If you ask them right after the Stormy Daniels interview, you'll hear one thing. If you ask them right after, uh, you know, the stock market jumps 600 points, you'll hear another thing. It just depends on the moment that that question is asked. And I guess my hope is that with everything else going on, whether it's Russia or Stormy Daniels or whatever, that uh, in the end, Americans will make the right evaluation of Donald J. Trump.
1: Yeah, and I think you're right on that. I think it's a, a lot of what we see in the polls are people reacting to events. You know, they say, "Well, you know what? He didn't, he didn't embarrass us over the last
0: three days. So I guess he's doing okay. I'm going to give him right. I'm going right. to give him a 43." Uh, oh, look, here's fifteen dollars of my paycheck I didn't have before.
1: You know? <laughs> right, but right, when, right.
0: But when, when prices, when we go to war or prices start going up on imported goods, yep. or washing machines, those sorts of things. Uh, When uh, people start paying their health insurance bills next year after the midterms when it's too late and they see how they're being raped, uh, I, I think the view will change. I don't want to have to wait that long. I want him out before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's what the uh, the key is going to be to all of this, is to see how all
1: of these tariffs and this trade war works out, and as well as the the continued decline of the Dow. I mean, the Dow's lost almost 3,000 points since uh, the end of January, and that's, uh, that's going to be bad news for Trump as soon as people start to look at their 401K and their retirement plans and their uh, mutual funds for their kids' college and so on. It's not just Wall Street that gets uh, negatively impacted when the stock market tanks, it's also Main Street too. When you talk right. about uh, the further oh, yeah. and further links between uh, people's fortunes and or people's personal fortunes at the main at the Main Street level, at the average middle class level, start or to get impacted. Prayer,
0: or their prayers for a reasonably comfortable retirement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, not never mind wealth. Uh, some people just want to be able to get by at a certain point in their lives and not have to work too much. uh, (laughs) right you know but but i you know the people will uh, see these things i'm just afraid it's going to take time and i worry that if uh, this the house and senate flip uh this year uh and the economy begins to go south then the democrats will take the rap for the economy going bad even though it was set up by trump Okay,
1: so uh, there are three main things that I really want to g- dig into during today's yeah. show. We're going to talk about uh, the March for Our Lives a little bit here. I want to talk yep. about uh, the Stormy Daniels interview, obviously. Please. There's lots to recap with regard to that. And and the, the uh, Trump-Russia thing that we want to get to is, what the hell is Donald Trump going to do about his legal representation? Because uh, <laughs> because John Dowd, who we've decided to refer to as Pigman. A Pigman!
0: A Pigman! Pigman!
1: I- if you really take a close look at John Dowd, yes, he totally oh, yeah. looks like a pig bed. The human-animal <laughs> hybrid that Kramer warned us about in that episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> he is. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that, too. But let's dig into uh, the March for Our Lives uh, march yes. on uh, on Saturday, which was just one of the most inspiring events that I've seen in recent memory. I, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, one of these days, and, and in not-too-distant future, we're going to be voting for Emma Gonzalez for something. She, we're talking yeah. about Senator Gonzalez, at least Congressperson
0: that's, Gonzalez. That seems inevitable, and we can certainly use uh, more articulate, uh, passionate people in government than we've been seeing. Yeah, and and that's true for some of the other young people from not only Stoneman Douglas but from around the country. Uh, this was a powerful, powerful, undeniable demonstration uh, of America and. It wasn't just kids who were out there. It was adults, their parents, their teachers, and people who just are fed up... With the lack of action from Washington, mm. anytime there's another mass murder,
1: yeah. And to me, you know, the thing that I kept going back to along those lines, Buzz, uh, with regard to the split between adults and and kids, I felt like this was something that underscored a failure uh, by adults. I yes. think this was a disgrace that these yes. kids have to grow up so quickly as their yes. as their as their friends and their peers, and, and even in some cases, their their teachers are gunned down due to inaction brought by bought and old adults who are on the dole from the NRA and the gun lobby and and instead of doing what they ought to be doing which is protecting kids I mean this is one of those things I always think about this in terms of a a parent child dynamic whenever there's a family and the child is constantly having to organize the parent in some way where the parent is just a basket case and the kid has to step up to be more of a grown up to, to make up for any gaps that are there in the parenting I always think that's a horrible horrible position to put kids in let the kids be kids and and by adult inaction at the congressional level or even the state level uh, these kids are having to step up and to protect themselves to defend themselves and there's no excuse for that that should be a disgraceful moment for adults although
0: yeah they, i just want to say but they can yeah and they are yep and they've done it before here's people have asked me well, uh, you know, I somebody said I sense that things are different this time. Ooh. Why? Yeah. What makes this time different than all the others? And I, the answer I think is is threefold almost. It's it's that this time the the kids are not only scared but they're pissed. Yeah. And they're articulate. Something that the elementary children uh, at Sandy Hook, didn't have going for them. Yeah, uh, these are young people who can uh, circulate petitions, uh, make phone calls, mm-hmm. uh, and and campaign and hand out leaflets and be politically active. Some of them will soon be voting. Some of them may be voting. I what? Well, Emma Gonzalez will be voting uh, this year, I believe. Uh, she's wow. she's eighteen. Yep. So we're we're talking about the new voters coming in here, and they've. They are scared, and they are pissed. Now, where have we seen that before, and does that work? Yes, Vietnam, yep. high school students and college protesting a war that was going nowhere except to funerals. And because they were scared, and because they were pissed, and because they were articulate, though not as much so as these young people, Yeah. Uh, because they were scared and pissed and articulate, they got it done demonstrations had a lot, if not almost everything to do with the ending of that unjust war. And it can have a lot, if almost everything to do with the dramatic curtailing of gun violence in this country.
1: Absolutely. And you know what else? Uh, here we are. What was this, the date of the shooting at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School? It was a February. Uh, Valentine's Day, it was February, February 14th. 14th. Yeah, yeah, February 14th. So now we're almost a month and a half beyond that, and we're right. still talking about it and that is absolutely a positive development that's why this is different than every other time that we've witnessed one of these mass shootings whether it's in a school or in las vegas or at the naval yard or wherever This is we've passed through a a barrier here and we're in a Mm -hmm. new paradigm now Mm -hmm. where this is not going to be forgotten. These kids have attained such and and due to their own tenacity and their own talents, uh, they've attained a, a level of visibility and a level of organization that we have not seen yet. If only. Occupy Wall Street had been this organized with spokespeople yeah. as well yes, spoken yeah. as David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez and all the other kids who we have seen on major media uh, throughout especially throughout the, the past week or so. Um
0: you know I I say this with the utmost respect. They're clever little bastards <laughs> because yeah. because and here's and here's why. I love this thing they're doing with the uh, town hall meetings in every voting district in the country. They have invited the elected lawmakers for those districts to uh, take part in a scheduled upcoming national town hall meeting and individual town hall meetings scheduled to take place on the same day. And, oh, but wait, there's more. And this is where they're really clever (laughs) They're saying if our locally elected lawmaker doesn't show up. Will have his opponent in the midterms there in his place. Oh, outstanding! See, see, now, I see. That's it. I mean, they're going to try to get.
1: I mean, all why didn't we? Why didn't we think of that? I know. <laughs> I mean, every single. I mean, basically, they're calling out every single one of the 435 right. uh, members right. of the House of Representatives to turn up to one of these town halls, and right. and if they do, in some cases, they're screwed, and if they don't, in many mm-hmm. cases, they're screwed. So right. this is they have basically checkmated the house of representatives that is uh-huh. out fucking
0: standing and Isn't again it? i mean so smart. Yeah, I don't know where yeah. they got that and why we didn't think of it first, but oh <laughs> man, am I gonna enjoy this?
1: Yeah. And every single one of them, they've got to get video. They've got to get these things oh, televised. Will. Holy they
0: shit. They all have the phones.
1: So on the opposite end of uh, Smart, we have Tommy Laren from Fox News Channel, who brings us the dumbest tweet of the uh the, the March for Our Lives of, of the entire weekend. This was the wow. dumbest, and maybe the dumbest tweet she has ever. Tweeted out, and she tweets out a lot of dumb tweets. And I've made it sort of a hobby for myself to to just go after Tommy Laren and come up with different nicknames for her. The other day I called her Veruca. The other, the day before that, I referred to her as uh, Kitty Carryall. Just something uh, because she's such a troll, you know, and trolls beget trolls, and and good lord I love trolling to Tommy Lahren so she said here uh, during the march she said simply being anti-NRA is not a solution march for something not just against everything and as everyone seemed to tweet back at her it Mm -hmm. was literally called the march for our (laughs) lives what an idiot Yeah, poor Tommy
0: Idiot. and listen and listen this is a this is a, a, a an argumentative weapon for everyone listening uh the only what is it now the number is seventy eight percent of the u s population yeah. or is it eighty seven I tend to get numbers transposed around eighty percent of the u s population doesn't own guns yeah to own a gun is out of the norm mm mm-hmm. Half the guns in this country are owned by 3% of the population. Yeah. Uh, so that's where most of the guns go. And uh, while the gun laws have largely, from state to state and nationally, been written or co-written or co-opted in some way by the <laughs> NRA, which represents, through its membership, what, around 1% or 2% of the U.S. population. So... We have been allowing 1% or 2% of the population, really a front for gun makers, yep. to make the laws uh, for 100% of the people when a vast majority of the people don't even own guns. Right.
1: Yeah, and you know what? On top of all of that, uh, Fox News released a poll, and I always like going to the Fox News polls because... Oh, sure. Yeah, try to fuck with this one, uh, Trumpers. Right. Uh, proposals to reduce gun violence, percentage saying favor, uh, require universal checks, 91%. Favorable mm-hmm. on that. Require yeah, now Let's
0: we we got we got to freeze on that for a second. Okay, this is a thing we talk about the division in America. Yeah, this is a thing that ninety-one percent, more than nine out of ten Americans, agree mm-hmm. on a thing. How the fuck often does that happen? <laughs> Never. It, it I mean, It doesn't only- it? Doesn't and and yet we do nothing. Mm-hmm. We we don't institute universal background checks, even though ninety percent of the people, including gun owners. Favorite? What? How did? How did that happen? Answer: The NRA, ladies That's and right. gentlemen, which represents one to two percent of the U.S. population. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight percent of us aren't even members. Eighty-some percent of us don't even own guns.
1: The thugs at the NRA, their money and their influence far exceeds the power of poll uh, results like this. I mean, and I learned this-
0: something else. I learned. I'm sorry, but I learned something else. I'm excited about to know. I'm excited to yeah. know. That the NRA, we we talk about them buying politicians and making campaign uh, contributions. As it turns out, that really is but a small fraction of the NRA budget. They spend far more, many, 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 many times more on advertising Mm -hmm. to uh, guide uh, gun legislation and toward defeating those who do not get good grades on its yep. ratings list. Yeah. Uh, so it spends far more money defeating the opponents on its own, uh, de- defeating the opponents of those who defend the NRA, than it spends on donations to the NRA. So we, uh, uh, on the progressive side of the fence, we need to be uh, careful about about saying well it's because they've bought all the politicians no what they've done is they've frightened all the politicians yeah, exactly and we will destroy you with advertising if you go against us so know that uh, again the, they they resort more to threats uh, than to offering sugar. Well, here's
1: more. 84% support requiring mental health checks. 72% r- uh, support raising the legal age to buy a gun to 21. 69% put uh, armed guards in schools. Well, that one, you know, uh, we can debate about that one. Right. Uh, uh, 60% support. 60%. I- I- if you're talking in terms of the United States Senate, 60% of the United States Senate would constitute a supermajority. Remember, yeah. it's that—that's yeah. like that's like a a, a, a filibuster-proof majority. Sixty percent, sixty percent support a ban on assault weapons. That is super colossal, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you know what? I want to go back to what you were saying about the uh, the NRA and the NRA's mandate uh, right. in just a second because we also have <laughs> a little bit of detail about the, the Second Amendment. We've got some Second Good. Amendment news today.
0: Yes. Yes, we do. Uh,
1: related to former Supreme Court. Justice John Paul Stevens, and this is something that I really want to dig into because this is something that I've been writing about for some time now, uh, whether or not the Second Amendment is even uh, worthy of remaining in the Constitution. So we'll get to that in a second. And, and every single gun owner listening to the show right now is going, fuck you! But, you know. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, Beach Body On Demand. You know, I've been doing this thing with Beach Body On Demand. I've been doing this workout called Core de Force. Uh-huh. Uh, I, you know, I weighed... God, I weighed about 242 pounds uh, going into Beach Body on Demand. And what I wanted to do was reduce my body fat level. So I picked up one of their uh, one of their cardio workouts, and I've been doing this core to force workout on Beach Body on Demand. I have lost eight pounds in just the last three weeks doing wow. the core to force on Beach Body on Demand. One of the best workouts I've come up with to, to just reduce, you know, I'm not trying to reduce muscle mass, I'm trying to reduce just overall fat content because right. I, I eat a lot of calories every day and not all of those calories are good calories. They're also very bad <laughs> calories. And the only way to get burn rid of those them. off. Yeah, you got to burn those off. And Beach Body On Demand is the perfect online fitness streaming service for me and for millions of other people. It gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective, world-class workouts. I have lost, again, eight, Pounds on the core to force workout at Beachbody On Demand wow. and Because everything is personalized for you Beachbody On Demand also offers extensive nutrition guidance Based on proven results And it's super convenient You never have to go to a gym or schedule a class I know some people are embarrassed to go to a gym When they're first starting out, first working out Or they're just, you, they don't want to get, yeah They don't want to get the flu I mean, that's <laughs> the other thing that you get in a gym right. uh, Beachbody On Demand is accessible on any internet Connected to computer, phone, tablet, or TV So you can even use it when you travel short on time. Beachbody on-demand workouts can be as quick as 10 minutes or last more than an hour. And there's a program for every fitness level as workouts range from cardio to weights, yoga, low impact, and even dance, 600 different workouts to choose from that you can Whoa. sort by the, uh, the title or by favorite trainer. And uh, because abs are made in the kitchen, Beach Body On Demand offers nutrition guidance, a wide choice of recipes, tips on meal prep, simple eating plans. That's one of my big things. I don't know what the hell to eat, so I'm just gobbling up protein and some of it's crappy protein. And so I go to Beachbody On Demand, and they tell me how best to uh, manage my diet. Best of all, it's so affordable. A free trial gets you all 600 workouts and all their nutrition info. But you want to keep going with a subscription that's cheaper than gym membership. At least give it a free trial. But you have to text the code BOBC to 303030. Again, text the code BOBC on your phone to 303030. 3030 or 303030, no spaces, just B-O-B-C to 303030 to get Beachbody On Demand. Go do it right now. The
0: Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz, and hi, Buzz.
1: Uh, Oh, by the way, when you're not working out, make sure to go to Amazon.com through our Amazon link at BobSeska.com. It's the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo at BobSeska.com. It takes you right to the front page of Amazon. You go shopping as usual, but we get a small fee uh, based on some of the things that you purchase. So you know what to do. Go shopping right now. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) I'm always tempted to say the bad thing, and I got to get the bad thing out of my head. Okay. Uh, All right. Second Amendment here. You know, I've written a few times about the idea of repealing the Second Amendment, going all the way back to, I think it was September-ish of 2015, Oh, no, actually, it was December of 2015. I wrote something about uh, repealing the Second Amendment. I mean, again, there are certain parts of the, the Constitution that have been repealed over the years. I mean, it's, a, oh, it's yeah. a, uh, you know, unless, unless you listen to Newt Gingrich and you think it's you're a strict constructionist that you believe the Constitution should remain the same and should be interpreted as it was originally written, uh, or you're someone like me who thinks that it's a a living document that can be revised over the years based on cultural uh, elements, uh, th- things that are, are developed as far as technology goes. You know, like AR-15s, and that maybe AR-15s weren't necessarily what the uh, the framers of the Constitution had in mind when they ratified th- that amendment. Not at
0: all. Yeah. You know, there were muskets, single-shot guns that uh, took a while to load each shot and so the the concept of killing 75 people in 10 minutes just did not exist. Yeah. Uh, there's no way they could have known that, you know, and— and and uh, blacks had three fifths of a vote or some damn yep. thing. You know, it's we, we. It has to change or it isn't a living document.
1: Well, what I mean, the thing is, is this is used by the NRA as a cheap marketing device. It's not. I mean, the NRA is basically yes. tasked with selling as many guns as possible. Let's make uh, no mistake here. The NRA is into uh, the business of selling firearms. It's not about the Second Amendment for the NRA. The NRA just uses and exploits the Second Amendment as a uh, as a marketing ploy, like showing a big juicy hamburger right about the time you're starting to get the munchies in the middle of the evening watching movies, right? So you they'd
0: see... Bu- they'd, be, they'd be, yeah, and they would be lost without it. They would be, the NRA would be nothing yeah. without the Second Amendment. they have to go back to being a gun safety organization. Right, right. And the argument is that,
1: okay, well, the Second Amendment is this necessary bulwark against tyranny, but of course... Uh, there are lots of other things that you have to do before you ever get to the point where you are raising up arms and you're raising up an army to attack the United States military. When you talk wow. about you know, the Second Amendment as a bulwark against tyranny, what you're talking about is using your firearm against the United States military or some of its other uh, paramilitary groups, whether it's Good CIA, luck. ATF,
0: whatever. Good luck with your AR-15 yeah. against uh, planes, tanks, <laughs> bombs, and uh, things that you cannot even imagine. Uh, you know, again, this is—it's just ridiculous. Uh, the NRA would be lost without it. And uh, to the story we're working up here, to uh, former Supreme Court Justice, now retired, uh, John yep. Paul Stevens, says uh, that's not what the Second Amendment is for. It's—he said—it was for states back in the day to protect themselves against a federal army. Not so much individuals. Individuals were allowed to possess guns in defending that state, their state, against a a federal government that uh, perhaps has turned on them in a military fashion. Uh, That hasn't happened. It isn't going to happen because even a state doesn't have the resources to fight the U.S. military, so uh, it's just completely outdated, yeah. and 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 uh, we we treat it uh, this so-called right to bear arms as uh, as as something inalienable. Yeah. Uh, we we do not have a right to drive a car without a license. I do not have a right uh, to own a cat where I live without a license. <laughs> but forty-two percent of American gun owners have at least one unregistered gun.
1: And basically this, I mean, for them... In a lot of ways, let's let's call this what it is, buzz. A lot of these guys who are so militant about preserving their right to own as many firearms mm-hmm. of any variety that they possibly can imagine. This is about protecting a hobby. I mean, this is yeah. basically like saying, "Hey, you know what? I need a constitutional amendment to protect my right to buy comic books or to protect mm-hmm. my right to collect stamps." You know, this is like th- th- what they're doing is they're basically fetishizing a piece of hardware that is designed for no other purpose than to destroy living tissue. Whether certainly
0: more certainly more than a yeah certainly more than a stamp collector. Yeah, uh, which perhaps you could at best call being a philatelist. <laughs> <laughs> you could at best call that a, a passion. That would be even that would be stretching it a yeah. bit. Uh, in Gun Owners, you see what has always struck me mm. as an almost sexual attraction. I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think it has a lot to
1: do with being an extension of uh, max- yeah. masculinity. I think there's a lot to be said about uh, the idea that's getting tossed around a lot recently, which is uh, what's known as toxic masculinity, where it becomes to the point where masculinity yeah. is used as a, uh, as a weapon to exert control and power over other people. In, in ways that are destructive to society and so on and so on and so on. And, and so the guns are a significant part of that, uh, that very dangerous dynamic that, that seems to be increasing and developing over time, especially after a mass shooting when people run out a lot of these gun fetishists run out and they buy more firearms in the wake of something like Sandy Hook or Parkland or wherever, any of the number of uh, of uh, shootings that have happened over the years. And uh, and so John Paul Stevens is basically saying, hey, look, this is uh, the, the NRA, he said here, is a, a, a propaganda weapon of immense power. Overturning that decision, uh, the second, the, the ratification of the Second Amendment via constitutional amendment to get rid of it would be simple and would do more to weaken the NRA's ability to stymie mm-hmm. legislative debate and to block constructive gun control legislation than any other available option. And I'm not necessarily saying. Because on one hand, I I do believe, I do agree with uh, former Justice Stevens when he talks about uh, repealing the Second Amendment. On the other hand, I do also acknowledge the idea that that would be a very, very difficult thing to do, even with the amount of support.
0: Sadly, I mean, the first thing we all have to reconcile is it isn't going to happen, at least not anytime soon, as much as many of us might favor that. Uh, you know, I it it isn't right, and I and I think Stevens knows this, but bless him for saying it. Yeah, It, it for so long people were even afraid to bring it up. How many Democratic candidates have you heard say, "Oh, I support the Second Amendment," even as they're proposing a gun? You shouldn't have to to put up that defense. Yeah, you you should be able to just call for common sense gun laws the same way we apply or try to apply similar rules. To other things.
1: Yeah, like free speech. You know, for example, going back to our collection uh, metaphor, you know, it's like I, I can collect pornography. But I can't collect child pornography. Not that I right. would, of course, want to. But uh, you know, there are certain limits on freedom of speech. There are certain limits on freedom of assembly. You notice that on Saturday during the March for Our Lives, there were definitive limits on what the marchers were able to do and where they were able to go. There were uh, fences and law enforcement and and avenues for the the cars and emergency vehicles to run, right, and there right. were certain areas where they couldn't couldn't go. And so there were limits to uh, their freedom of assembly on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. necessarily restrictive limits because no. reasonable. We're, limits. We're, yeah, we're, we're supposed to be reasonable people, right? I mean, <laughs> that's, not to, that's to say that someone doesn't need a military-style AR-15 firearm with a bump stock and extended uh, magazines to be able to defend their home from a, a robber, from some sort of intruder. You don't need that firearm. You don't need that
0: firearm to shoot yet- deer or anything else like that and yet it's currently america's most popular gun it's right. the number one seller everybody's got to have one uh, what you don't have yours yet <laughs> i mean it, this is the sort of thing that we're, we're seeing out there yeah uh, the gun owners and and uh, uh, so-called defenders of the second amendment have proven themselves hysterical yeah uh, perfect example obama gets elected for the first term Everybody runs out and buys guns because they're convinced, they're convinced that Obama's going to take away their guns. Yeah. Four years go by. Obama doesn't take away any guns. He gets reelected. And everybody runs out and buys more guns because they're sure this time, this time, <laughs> this time he's really going to take the gun. So, by God, we better go out and buy them now. And, and then another four years goes by and Hillary Clinton runs for president. Yeah, and it's starting to look like she's going to win. <laughs> and it's starting to look like she's going to win, and everybody runs out and buys guns because they're convinced Hillary's going to take away their guns, even though she's never said right. anything about that. In fact, she's been one of the Democrats who said, "Oh, I support the Second Amendment, but I think we are," you know. And so everything else gets watered down after that, and yeah. maybe that's why we don't get anything done. So bless John Paul Stevens for broaching the subject, uh-huh. uh, and and let's let's call hysteria what it is in the case of gun enthusiasts uh, because uh, at least the politically active ones uh, because uh, they, they are in fact hysterical and they have proven that time and time again in their behavior. Now that Trump's president they're not buying guns anymore <laughs> which is why Remington has filed for bankruptcy.
1: And oh by the way uh, Biff Tannen said the other day on Twitter that uh, Barack Obama legalized bump stocks which is not true and then he right. said that he's going to ban bump stocks so you know what it's not Barack Obama who is coming for your guns and your little devices that you go on there do you, right. you attach to your guns your little your little fashion accessories for your AR-15 you know you know who's banning that shit Donald fucking Trump is banning right. that shit so good luck you know, g- get your gun grabbing memes uh, Dan Badandi and go protest your goddamn orange sphincter president uh because because that's exactly what he's doing. He's taking your guns. So just, just sorry to break it to you, but that's, that's what's happening. Uh, okay, so um, the other thing that's driving me nuts uh, t- t- tangentially to all of this is that once again, the uh, Trumpers are targeting the kids. Mm-hmm. They're attacking David Hogg. Uh, the, the biggest irony that I saw, or the most ironic tweet that I saw over the weekend was from this, uh, this Trumper pundit named Bill Mitchell who was comparing David Hogg to Hitler Youth.
0: Mm-hmm. there
1: yeah i mean the great irony there is that bill mitchell's own people are fed- with Nazis and, and Hitler uh, disciples and so forth. Nobody uh, had any
0: trouble with their march on the conservative side.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? They better get used to these kids, because I
0: don't think David Hogg and especially Emma Gonzalez are going anywhere, anytime well, soon. Well, they're insulting the kids because they're scared, and they're rightly scared because these kids are good. Uh, witness see above paragraph about <laughs> the upcoming town hall meeting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's There's reason for these folks to be scared, and this is how we've seen it in Trump. This is how people behave when they're frightened.
1: Well, this is also what the Republicans have kind of always done, and I've written many articles about oh, this. Yeah. In fact, I could just, like, republish the same article over and over again, because it is p- perennially accurate. Th- they love to punch down. They love to go after kids. They love to go after non- combatants, people who aren't part of the daily political debate. Catching minorities. Up a- yeah, minorities. I mean, that d- d- douchebag Jesse Waters on Fox News Channel is now the president's favorite personality Fox News show, got his start by going out in the name of Bill O'Reilly and accosting people on the street, assaulting homeless people in Union uh, Station and going up to them. Clearly, people who have mental disorders, people who are uh, whacked out of their minds on any variety of substances and need desperate help. And and he goes around and makes fun of them for a living. And this is what the Fox News Channel people do. This is what Republicans have done. This goes back to, uh, goddammit, Michelle Malkin, for God's sake. Remember, she was Stalking that guy, that kid, Graham Frost, who dared to appear in a commercial with his parents in support of the S chip program during the Bush administration years, she went out and started to like, like dox them and 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 sit outside their house to make sure that they weren't you know, receiving any money from Democrat Democratic operatives who were you know it's just like <laughs> insane what these people. Glenn Beck once outed a, a, an Islamic school in Northern Virginia for for having the audacity to apply for a uh, building permit to expand their cafeteria or something like that. This is what they do. They attack it. That kid who showed up at the signing of uh, the Affordable Care Act, who stood right next to Barack Obama as Barack Obama signed the Affordable Care Act. That kid was attacked. Any sure. y- you go back uh ten, twelve years and find examples of Republicans attacking children and non combatants, well, and so this isn't a
0: surprise at all. The is it? Conservatives are always right about these things. For example, yeah. like, you know, those eight hundred thousand people out there on the mall uh, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, those were all actors.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. just all, You actors. call
0: you call Central Casting and you say, "Send me eight hundred thousand people," <laughs> and they and they show up. It's just that simple. anybody anybody can see that. That's right. That's right. And Central Casting goes, huh? <laughs> what eight? What
1: eight hundred? You mean eight hundred? You don't mean 800. yes, eight hundred thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So, and then, uh, and finally, a Pennsylvania school district has exactly the wrong idea about how to combat gun violence. A Pennsylvania well, sure. school district has decided to arm teachers and students with rocks. Yeah. So the kids are going to use, the teachers and the kids are going to use rocks to repel would-be shooters with bump stocks and extended magazines and all of it. Every classroom in the district about 90 miles northwest of Philadelphia has a five-gallon bucket of river stones, said ah. Blue Mountain School District Superintendent David Helsel. We always strive to find new ways to keep our students safe, Helsel told the Associated Press in a telephone interview. And and so now they're going to they're gonna fight off a shooter with, with rocks. <laughs>
0: As I like to say, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> absolutely
1: okay so uh speaking of things that could go horribly wrong let's talk about the stormy daniels uh interview here for a second
0: i've been excited to talk about this because i have a lot to say let's dive in
1: okay you know what let's you know i want to get the last commercial break out of the way we'll do the last commercial break come back and talk about stormy daniels uh right after these words ouch my ass hurts what i said my ass hurts huh Aw, oh, jeez, someone thought I was a chocolate bunny and took a huge bite out of my ass. And it hurts! I, I can barely hear ya! Someone took a bite out of my ears! Man, I know we look like chocolate, we smell like chocolate, but people can't eat us. We're soap. Want to fill your Easter basket with fabulous treats that aren't loaded with sugar? Check out all the Easter soap goodies from Bubble Genius, like our Here Comes Peter Chocolate Tail soap. Also available in pre-chomped My Ass Hurts gift baskets. What did she just say? Vegan and bunny-friendly bath and body from BubbleGenius.com.
0: Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Yes, it is. Welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us. Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment is here, as uh, as he is every Tuesday. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, Stormy Daniels and her two friends. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those, her blouse was hanging on for dear life
0: uh, throughout that interview. Um, so were 22 million viewers.
1: Yes, absolutely. 22 million viewers, bigger than Trump's ratings, the highest ratings for 60 minutes in 10 years. And it almost didn't happen. I think half of the United States was on Twitter Sunday night at about 7 p.m. Eastern time going, what
0: the is ha- what?
1: what, fuck you basketball, <laughs> fuck you basketball
0: well, well, first of all let me say as a native of Kansas and uh, as one who's married to a KU alumnus, uh, yeah. I uh I, I I rock chalk Jayhawk. I'm I'm glad they won. And if you didn't see, I don't watch. I'm I, I Bob. I'm totally with you on sports. Uh, yeah. I don't follow them. I don't watch them. No. I have nothing to do with them. I of course tuned in for the Stormy Daniels thing and was suddenly captivated <laughs> by the final moments of this basketball game. Yeah. Uh, which was a nail biter, and uh, it couldn't have been more dramatic or exciting. Yeah. If you were going to tune into any sporting event at any time, that was the game and the moment to tune in. Uh, it, it was an interesting problem for CBS because they had already published an interview uh, the the transcript of uh, the Anderson Cooper interview. Uh, with they'd already sent it to all the major media outlets, yeah. including the New York Times and CNN. So at seven o'clock, and it was embargoed, hold for release, said the news release until seven o one p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern Standard. Time, right or daylight time? I guess we're on now. Yeah. So uh, everybody did. Everybody <laughs> obeyed the embargo, and, then, and when it got to be seven oh one, the New York Times and CNN and the Washington Post <laughs> and everybody else started publishing the transcript yeah. before CBS could even start that stopwatch.
1: I know, I know, and it was like CBS spoiled its own exclusive by doing yes. that because, of yeah. course, everyone started to read ahead and right. find out what exactly happened. before the interview was even close to starting because, the, as you right. said, we ended up in uh, an over time on the basketball game and uh that and, yeah and back.
0: cbs was screwed either way because yeah, yeah. i remember it was, it was dan rather insisted on cutting off a golf tournament once and they nearly oh, took yeah. him out back and shot him <laughs> because of that uh, <laughs> uh so the networks are very touchy about this they were going to be damned if they cut off that basketball game especially considering the way it ended yeah. and they were going to be damned uh if if they uh didn't uh, you know they were going to be damned for delaying the uh, Stormy Daniels interview so yeah they were going to get criticized either way they put themselves into a no win situation yeah
1: yeah well you, what they should have done is they should have made an announcement sometime beforehand to say hey you uh-huh. know what we're eventually going <laughs> to uh, delay it 60 is- minutes by a few minutes because of this uh, because of this basketball game it was certainly
0: confusing to CBS yeah. but it, and confusing <laughs> to the viewers uh, DVRs don't know about these last minute changes right? and so you uh, if you know you would record The interview and then realize you're missing the last part of 60 minutes or, you know, it was for some people it meant seeing or not seeing the thing. But 22 million did watch and a CNN poll afterwards said 63 percent of uh, the viewers of the Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels interviews believed the women, while only 21 percent believed Trump. Uh, so, you know, I think it was a win. Certainly her uh, shocking revelation that her life had been threatened in the context of her baby daughter yeah. uh, was seen by 22 million people. And again, uh, nearly two-thirds of Americans believed Stormy Daniels on this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've heard many people, Bob, uh, moderates, uh, liberals saying, oh, this was a nothing interview. This was meh. This was blah. There was nothing here. Yeah. Uh, you know I, I, what do you they, mm. they threatened her life in the context of her baby daughter yeah. what does it take to impress people these days? yeah uh, I, w- I was surprised to hear moderates and liberals saying eh, there was nothing to it. Well, okay, from an entertainment value, maybe it wasn't as entertaining as stranger things or Game of Thrones or whatever you happen <laughs> to like. Maybe from an entertainment value it wasn't that strong but uh, significant things happened uh, in and around that interview. And because of that interview and I just makes me unhappy to see it written off by so many people as I believe that it is.
1: Yeah, it was stupid because, I mean, I think most of the people who who tuned in 60 minutes on Sunday night hadn't really talked about it or, you know, because most of us and this happens a lot on Twitter. Most of us are following politics with our face pressed right up against our computer screen and we're on top of it 24 seven. Most people aren't doing that, and so I think, to a right. certain degree, if if for those of us who have followed this every second of every day, and we've we've seen every news development appear and disappear, uh, for those of us we were all in the know in terms of generally speaking what was going on with Stormy Daniels and Donald Trump and Michael Cohen. Uh, most people don't. So you have to put it in that perspective. I think a lot of people learn some new things about Stormy Daniels, not only in terms of her character, but also her story. and And how can you not Believe what she had to say, especially Bingo. knowing that stupid goddamn, uh, that wannabe mafioso goomba Michael Cohen says who that guy he's already admitted it, he's already accidentally confessed that he gave Stormy Daniels $130,000 in mm-hmm. order to protect Donald Trump and Donald Trump's family. This is a, a proven yeah. empirical fact. So and a
0: lot of a lot of people who were not entertained by the Stormy Daniels interview are not remembering that uh, this is evidence in a case of uh, an illegal uh, what appears certainly very much to be yeah. an illegal campaign contribution and that is significant in terms of this presidency. I saw a Republican woman reacting in a sort of a little TV focus group yeah. uh, to the Stormy Daniels interview, one of them saying this you're just trying to impeach my president. Well, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I I would also ask that woman had I the opportunity, and if this were Obama, where would we be? Right. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, uh, uh, it's just outrageous. And again, attacking Stormy Daniels uh, from uh, the right. Uh, did uh, the, the endless uh, tweets about how dilated her pupils were. And yes, they are. Well, I've done some research in this. And as it turns out, there are about 13 different causes <laughs> for dilated pupils. Three of them have to do with drug abuse uh, yeah. cocaine, LSD, and I don't remember the other one amphetamines, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think she was on acid. Uh, she wasn't <laughs> – although she was far more lucid than Betsy DeVos in that same time period, I, I did not see any sign that she was hyper-lucid, as you might be on cocaine. Uh, so that leaves 10 other possibilities. Five of those are of health or medicine-related. Uh, Antihistamines, decongestants, antidepressants are among the 10 items on the medical side that yeah. can cause dilated pupils. On the psychological side, anything from – Thinking hard to sexual arousal can dilate the pupils. Now, you know, pick the one there are, and there are three others that don't come to mind. But there are five uh, psychological, five uh, medical-slash-physical, and three drug-abuse-related possible causes for dilated pupils. Uh instead of and, and this again this happens. Did you notice his tie wasn't you know and they did that with Kennedy when the <laughs> when the young Kennedy spoke recently. Uh you know, they did you notice his tie was he just didn't wasn't you know wasn't smooth. Uh, yeah. And I, I I posted I posted a thing about Emma Gonzalez at the gun rally. Yeah and uh one guy said uh you know and the caption is enough because that's one of their slogans uh regarding gun violence and one guy said, Well, I I've had enough of her pants referring to the tattered no. jeans that, that she wore. And I responded by saying, well, at least you're focused on the important things.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 well said, yeah. yeah. And you know what? The first thing I thought of when I saw her eyes... Lifeless
0: eyes. Black eyes like a doll's eyes.
1: Maybe she's wearing contacts. Maybe she's wearing sort of funky uh, colored contact lenses that make her I eyes just thought. look really, uh, really dark like shark eyes. Yeah, something like that. Maybe something uh, along those lines. Something fashionable.
0: Maybe that was I, the think idea. We should have, I think we should have Betsy DeVos drug tested based on her performance. <laughs>
1: yeah, how about that? And you know what, it shouldn't matter. I mean, for God's sake, she's an adult film star. And if and if she's if she's got some sort of uh, uh, prescription medication that she's on, it. you know what, that's all her goddamn business you can't you know you can't peer into someone's uh, life and and whatever their uh their pharmaceutical habits are if you're st- at the same time screaming about individual liberty with firearms for her F-7. last
0: words in that edited interview as presented by yeah. CBS uh, in an answer to Cooper's question uh, what would you say to Donald Trump who watches this program i don't think he was watching that night yeah but uh, she he asked what uh, she would say to him, and she, she answered by saying, he knows that I'm telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And in a survey that followed, 63% of Americans believe her and Karen McDougal, yeah. and only 21% believe the President of the United States of America.
1: Well, that, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing I kept thinking about. In the uh, eternal argument of he said versus she said, uh, who are you going to believe, this guy who's a serial liar and his uh, his thug of an attorney. Michael Cohen says who who are you going to believe those two guys or Stormy Daniels well as far as the roster of lies that each person has told throughout their uh, public life I think the roster of lies for Donald Trump is in the thousands if not tens of thousands Stormy Daniels just worked your way through maybe some uh, some documents that she shouldn't have signed and some some denials that she shouldn't have made but at this point she as far as I can tell is telling the truth and if you base it on what Michael Cohen has said, obviously, she's telling the truth, but even beyond whether or not she's telling the truth or lying, even if she is lying and there is a narrow chance that she is Mm -hmm. to me, it does not matter because this is about to a certain degree. And if you look at the actions of her attorney and some of the things her attorney has said publicly in the 60 Minutes interview or elsewhere in other interviews this is about antagonizing the most powerful troll in the world. If you're a troll yeah. the way Donald Trump is a troll, you are going to bring other trolls down upon you. People who want to out troll the trolls. Mm-hmm. And and at the very least, even if again, even if she is lying, this is making Donald Trump's life miserable. And as far as that goes on that front, Job well done, job well done, Stormy Daniels and attorney uh, Michael
0: Avenetti. Because this was, cl- this was clearly a win for them. Yeah, uh, you know, and I posted an update yesterday about uh, her countersuit, which now includes yeah. uh, Trump attorney Michael Cohen accusing him of uh, defamation yeah. of character. I-, I haven't seen. I've looked. I haven't seen a dollar amount. Uh, associated with that suit against Michael Cohen. I don't even know that there is one. Maybe there is. I haven't seen it yet. Whatever the case, a moderate again came to me and said, if she's looking for another payday, then she just has negated everything she's done in the last 48 hours. And I said, <sighs> I said, unless. She's asking for the same or less money than the $20 million Trump and his attorneys are trying to extract from her in their lawsuit. So that's pretty much canceled out right there. Uh, Bob, you and I and the people listening to this show and a lot of other people have our work cut out because uh, as if we didn't have enough troubles, uh, we have moderates and liberals who— Aren't buying the Stormy Daniels story. Yeah. We have we have voters, as I mentioned at the top of the show, who are seeing slight improvements in their paychecks and feeling good about the economy overall, and starting to give Trump the credit for that. Uh, we have the risky but uh, chance for success in uh, against North Korea. Uh, if oh, this is this just makes our jobs that much. <laughs> more difficult uh we we've got this is as uh, a tough crowd <laughs> this, is a, <laughs> yeah. this is a this is a tough crowd this is a hard sell yeah well you know what ultimately uh i think the thing that
1: we need to look toward and and sort of wrap our heads around with regard to this lawsuit against uh, Michael Cohen who who absolutely deserves it is the discovery process. I believe that they are suing Michael Cohen to get this out in the open, to get Mm. this onto the permanent record, to have Mm. Stormy Daniels testifying under oath, to have other witnesses, uh, whoever they may be, testifying under oath. To have Michael Cohen, you know, for God's sake, testifying under oath. Maybe even Donald Trump (laughs) testifying under oath. The discovery process in this lawsuit is going to to
0: be awesome because this just extends the whole thing and and amplifies the whole thing yeah and so it's it's absolutely a loss for trump and a win for stormy daniel
1: yeah so speaking of attorneys let's get this in uh before we wrap up the show today john dowd uh the the pig man the pig man's he's a pig man he's He's absolutely a pig man so he's out and this is so this is so Trumpian, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This whole story mm-hmm. is so yes, yeah, Donald Trump making things yeah. worse for Donald Trump. My mm-hmm. my rule about observing the Donald Trump presidency, the thing that you can always lean on, the thing you can always rely on is that Donald Trump always makes things worse for Donald Trump. Yeah. And this is one of those cases. So we find out that that John Dowd, the pig man, a pigman. A pigman. <laughs> a pig Right, so so John Dowd bows out of uh, of Trump's legal team, and of course John Dowd's the lead attorney in uh, in combating uh, Robert Mueller. Yes, and he going was going up against <laughs> Robert Mueller. So so John Dowd bows out, and you know why? It's due to Trump's announcing of the hiring of Joe DiGenova and Victoria Tonesing as uh, as part of his legal team, without even having met with the two of them. And then when he finally, when Trump finally meets with DiGenova and Tonesing, uh-huh does not like either. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't like them. Doesn't like the cut of their jib or something. He doesn't like probably the mustache and they. I think the the report is yeah, that, you know, that that they were, they were disheveled or something like that. Yes, yeah.
0: Bing, ding, ding, ding. That's exactly. <laughs> right. That's exactly. They showed up at the White House looking disheveled, and Trump didn't like that. So. Yeah, yeah. And what you're leading up to, or what you're saying here, in a nutshell, I think is that. Uh, Trump has gotten rid of uh, the only qualified attorneys he had. That's right. And that he's down to one guy who has no criminal uh, defense experience. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, His only experience is talking on Fox News. Right. Uh, And only experience of any value to Trump. What I'm hearing, what I'm reading, is that uh, Trump believes he can bluff his way out of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, uh, yeah, again, get a good seat and plenty of popcorn.
1: Right, and it ultimately comes down to Trump insisting that he testify uh,
0: yeah. before the yeah. grand
1: jury, and, and that's why
0: Dowd is out because Dowd said no. Trump said, "I want to do it." They disagreed on that and many more things, and but at that point. Dowd, you know, Dowd had a a client, wanted no part of a client that wouldn't take his advice. (laughs) Uh, Trump wanted no part of a lawyer who wouldn't uh, totally agree with him on everything
1: oh boy lordy do i wish there were tapes of conversations between donald trump and john Dowd because they're both dicks i mean john Dowd might actually be a bigger dick than donald trump is and so i would love to see those debates over the phone like trump insisting that he do certain things i gotta testify i gotta testify but no sir you can't do that you cannot testify oh fuck you no fuck you no fuck you and it's just like this back and forth has got to be classic
0: classic audio well you know i think and maybe it's adam schiff but there are democrats who believe that there are white house tapes by the way oh yeah uh, of of perhaps this and most certainly the conversation <laughs> uh, conversations uh the loyalty conversations between uh, trump and james comey uh it's it's just remarkable but you're right, right. he is his own worst enemy mm-hmm. and uh, but he's he's gonna just fly by the seat of his pants yeah. facing the most serious uh, investigation any president has faced ever uh he has no attorney you know every fool in america has a right to a good defense <laughs> yeah. uh this one doesn't want one no. and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if if the court will appoint him one for him or <laughs> how this will ultimately work out. But he's from a legal standpoint, he's screwed. Yeah, he wants to represent himself.
1: Look for this Latin phrase in the in the near future. <laughs> pro se. Donald Trump is going to go pro se up against Robert Mueller and his team of untouchables. Donald Trump is going to represent himself. Meanwhile, again,
0: we, yeah, what we could j- possibly
1: go wrong? I know. I mean, and we <laughs> we find out today from the Daily Beast that Trump had reached out to. Two Two more attorneys tom yes. buchanan and dan webb but uh-huh. both attorneys have refused the offer to represent trump buchanan webb said in a statement that they were quote unable to take on the representation due to business conflicts however they consider the opportunity to represent the president to be the highest honor and they sincerely regret that they cannot uh, do so and i would imagine the real reason is the fucker never pays
0: anybody. That, <laughs> no. That's that's certainly part of it. Yeah. Other law firms have been worried. He's been looking for a legal representation on the Russia case since early in 2017. And here we are. He's down to one sketchy guy. One sketchy uh, and by guy. the way, regarding the, the, Daniels, the Stormy <laughs> Daniels story, I loved writing in my news the phrase, uh, uh, the lawyer for Trump's lawyer. Because that's how deep this has gotten. <laughs> right, God damn it! He is in such big trouble. It. I don't think Donald Trump fully
1: realizes how much excruciating trouble he is in right now.
0: Isn't that great?
1: Yeah, and you know what? I, I just maybe what we're going to do in the uh, at the top of the post mortem show is I want to talk with you about. Why Donald Trump might have gone forward with expelling some of these Russian spies, along with the other okay. what, 23 different uh, allies who also expelled Russian spies in retaliation for the attack in the UK. Good and uh, yeah, because I, I have some theories about that. I want to get your theories, see what you you think about that, how that all fits in with uh, with Donald Trump's uh, uh, compromised position with Vladimir Putin. And you, you uh, show and me else. yours, and
0: I'll show you mine. All <laughs>
1: right. All right, that's coming up next. We're also going to talk uh, a little bit more about uh, maybe some return. Mater- oh, Jared Kushner is here in the <laughs> news. Uh, maybe a mention of the line item veto. Uh, oh, and it- <laughs> have a great Easter, folks. A Chinese space station is supposed to crash into the Earth somewhere around Easter Sunday. April Fools! So that's something to look forward to. And uh- China. Oh, and maybe some other Tommy Laren news because I, I just love teasing Tommy Laren so much. That's coming up next to the Postmortem Show. Go and sign up at Patreon, our Patreon page. Click the all caps Patreon link at bobsuska.com and go sign up for our bonus content, why don't you? All right, some uh, some plugs here at the end of the show. Buzz Burbank, of course, can be found at buzzburbank.com and realmnetwork.com. That's Buzz Burbank News and Comment. You can also hear it on Stitcher, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, etc., 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 Mm-hmm. Uh Jackie Scheckner's at investigatorsha.org, Stephanie Miller Show at Stephanie Miller.com. Kimberly Johnson's podcast is at patreon.com slash startmeup. You can also follow Kimberly at, at Author Kimberly. And I have it under good authority that she is starting her next book. Wow. David Ferguson uh, is starting his own podcast, so go find David Ferguson on Facebook. He's also on Facebook.com slash compromatban, and I think his first podcast with Jody Hamilton today. Is is supposed to drop today at some point? So uh, that's great. Good, good luck, Dave. Looking forward to that, and uh, so much more. Uh, Postmortem shows coming up next. Stay tuned. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye bye.
0: A pigman! A pigman, a half pig?